Hello and welcome to Head and Heart, a Keeper of the Lost Cities podcast. My name is Katie and I'm here with my best friend and co-host Frankie. Hey guys! <laughs> when I tell you that it was a struggle, a struggle to get this episode recorded and out for you guys today. <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm mad. Oh my I'm gosh. Mad. I have two jobs now and an insanely busy week coming up, so we wanted to get an episode out this Sunday. And I also have a new microphone, and it is absolutely amazing. It's my dream microphone, but please do bear with me while I figure out the settings. Mm. I'm not sure how the audio will be this time around. So yeah, please be patient with that. I will figure it out as we continue to record new episodes. So, where to start? Uh, Do you want to introduce our topic today, Frankie? Sure! Uh, We are going to be talking about all the disabilities in KOTLC. Yes! Disability, mental health, all that sort of a thing. And I also have a, not article, what would the term be? A post, because it's like on like a Reddit or a Mm -hmm. wiki thread. All about ableism and disability representation in the books that I would like to shout out and read out loud for you guys. So yeah, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with Sophie and the condition or conditions that she has? Yeah, I think that's a good place to start. I can't even say the condition she has. It gets tripped up on my tongue. (laughs) I'll handle it. It's okay. Yeah. So for those of you who aren't aware, with her pulling out of her eyelashes, this is uh, not confirmed in canon, but kind of implying Oh, my mom's of- an my mom's an eye doctor. She said it as soon as Sophie pulled out the first eyelash. She said, Oh, she has oh, okay. she said, Oh, she has the word that I can't say. <laughs> yes. So it's a condition called trichotillomania. I actually have a cousin who has it. She pulls out her eyelashes and her eyebrows. <sighs> and it's really not fun. It actually really impacts the way you look and it's very visibly noticeable. And people have pointed out that they have not represented that well in the official art for Sophie on the covers and the character profile art pieces, which I would have to agree with because she has a beautiful full set of long, nice eyelashes. And I'm like, okay, this is a girl who's supposed to pull out her eyelashes all the time. It's, I believe, an anxiety condition. Yeah. And that is not being shown here in the art. And it does impact the way you look. People without eyelashes or eyebrows. In Sophie's case, it's just eyelashes for the most part. Look different. Yeah, it is a form. It definitely feels like a form of anxiety. I'm not completely familiar with the condition, but that to me feels like pinching yourself, which is a form of anxiety. When you get really stressed, right. you'll pinch. I used to do that when my anxiety was severe. I used to pinch the skin around my wrist uh, as a. I know it's not good. By no means is it <laughs> good coping skills, but that's the point here. This feels like a very bad, you know coping skill for anxiety almost. And it's something that I learned from the annotated edition of the first book comes from Shannon herself. Mm. So I don't know if Shannon intended to write it as trichotillomania, if she has a condition, if she's diagnosed with it. That's obviously none of our business to know. That's private medical information. She would share if it was on Voices representation in that regard if she wished to, but she hasn't. Mm-hmm. However, based on the context clues, we can put together that Sophie most likely is intended to have this condition or something close to it, mm-hmm. which does connect to her general anxiety, and I would say she has some level of GAD, general anxiety disorder, as do mm. a few of the characters. 
A lot um, of the characters after the events do because it can develop after stressful situations. And I mean, the entire books are just stressful situation after stressful situation. Right. And it's directly connected to PTSD as well. Anxiety can be a side effect. GAD can be a side effect and connected condition to PTSD. Mm-hmm. So it's all very complex, the mental health world. I will say in terms of mental health, I am coming at this from a own voices perspective of having OCD and GAD, which are obsessive compulsive disorder and general anxiety disorder respectively. Mm-hmm. So I can only speak to those conditions directly in regards to my experience, but OCD in particular shows itself very differently in different people. Like, one person's compulsion can be another person's trigger. Yes. So, it is very, very complex and different in every individual who has it. So, even then, I can only speak to so much. But the main thing I would like to focus on is kind of connecting back to our trauma episode, which mm. is episode, like, four or five four. or something like that. It's four? episode okay. four. Yeah, way back in the early days. <laughs> And before most of you were probably here, let's be real, a lot of you came in with the Stella Loon reviews and kind of go off about like the PTSD angle and the trauma and everything because it's been a while since we've discussed it and there's new trauma and a new book to talk about. PTSD is a disability. Yes. Yes. It is a recognized one. Yes. We also have a few physical disabilities and counselor Tarek who has a prosthetic limb we're pretty sure it happened in Lodestar after the fall of Eternalia 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 however you say it the Shangri-La place in the Himalayas where the whole trial happened uh, the whole meeting and the never scene brought it down on top of everyone in book five it's the book five finale you know what we're talking about yes Give Gethin his respects here. He brought that place down almost on his own. Get, <laughs> put, some, put some respect on his name for oh doing this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Villain sympathy. <laughs> yeah, listen, I am a sympathizer. <laughs> no, so am I. I just find it funny because yeah. it's so on brand for us. But you're yeah. more like, vocal about it where I'm more quiet. Like <laughs> I vocal. I am vocal in my <laughs> descent of the council. <laughs> And that's what makes these villains so good. Like, we have villains who are... I would argue that Fintan has some sort of mental disability that was forced upon him, given the condition that he had to live in. Him and Brant. Both. Prentice? <laughs> we both, <laughs> we both went, just went like, I um... <laughs> that had been, re- like, recorded, like, on camera for people, because we both just made the exact same motion at the exact same yes. time about our <laughs> thoughts about Prentice. We both raised our hands and shrugged, like, Prentice? Prentice? <laughs> you want to talk about mental health? Man was trapped in his own broken mind for 12 years? Like, Ooh. more so? A long time. <laughs> about 12 no 11 or 12 after they found out about Sophie and he was the one who knew yeah so that's about right because Sophie's around 12 13 probably 12 years well they didn't the even she, she didn't even heal cities. him she didn't even heal him until she was 14 15 right when is so he healed? More like, you're absolutely right more like 14 years like the poor this poor man and even now he's not back to full recover he's not fully recovered no like He's he was trapped in a hellish mindscape for years, 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 years. Ugh, I can't even imagine. Like 
as someone who suffers from, and I do say suffers as someone who has the condition, um, Mm -hmm. OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, I cannot imagine being trapped inside my mind. I already struggle with that, and I have the external world around me as an escape, as a coping mechanism. I cannot imagine having only my mind. I had it's terrifying. A, I had a severe, severe allergic reaction once that seeped into my anxiety and also affected like how my thoughts are able to arrange themselves. Uh, I don't even remember what did it, but uh, it lasted only about forty-five minutes of the this allergy attack, but. It felt like, I'm not kidding, like five hours and I couldn't like speak. I felt trapped in my mind. I couldn't like, like my senses were on overdrive. I, oh my God, hell, hell. And that's just what I imagine this like is a sliver of what this is like. And I was like a wreck. I, it felt like my brain was imploding on itself. I cannot imagine this. And speaking of allergies, we've never addressed Sophie's allergy to limbium on this podcast Ah. in over 40 episodes. Um, You can speak more to that, you know, the experience of having allergies. Um, My body is currently covered in hives. I was going to say, do you want to share what recently happened to you and what the latest recording? (laughs) Oh my god. I don't even know, like, I don't know if I've ever gone into this before on the podcast. I suffer from severe allergies of just about anything. Just about, not, not kidding. Like, you think I'm being dramatic. I swear to God. It's, I have to- It's easier to to list what she can eat than what she can't. I have to have a a special nutritionist because there's so many foods I cannot eat that I need a diet plan or else I lose an extraordinary amount of weight because I'm not getting necessary supplements, so on and so forth, because I have so many allergies. I went swimming last week, went swimming in a body of water that my body was not familiar with, and I left that body of water covered in hives, which have only now, seven days later, started to recede so that we could record because they were in my ears and I could not put my headphones on. That is oh. how bad my allergies are. And so Sophie's allergies, I live in fear of like everything. Like if I don't know what is in front of me, I don't like eat it. I don't touch it. So I feel her whenever she's like, when they have to inject her with limbium, my whole body was like, like, oh. oh my god, you could not pay- if you told me to eat a strawberry, I'd be like, give me a million dollars and then we might talk about it. Like, if you told me- or I'm sure with that living in fear, her first allergy attack was when Dex gives her the limbium in book one, really yeah. rings home for you. Oh yeah, I was like, oh. That anxiety. It's so anxiety yeah. inducing. And then we have more mental health kind of- I don't- I don't know how to refer to it. Uh, Marilla's mom. I don't know what yes. you would categorize her as, but- she very clearly has a mental health condition, something going on. We don't know exactly what. Yep. And I but I wonder if it's going to play into the bigger plot of the story by the end at some point. I, I've thought of that as well. I think as of right now, not that we can diagnose anyone, Mm-mm. but it, which we aren't, but I'm saying from experiences I have with people who I know who have this disorder is... It sounds similar, from what I remember, to something similar to a mood disorder of some kind. Yes. It seems like she can either be very happy and elated, or she can she can be very sad, very manic. Uh, if I had to guess, I would put it into 
mood disorder category. Of course, we are not diagnosing, but that is what I would I would hedge towards if I had to pick a route for what Marilla's right. mom um, has to deal with and suffers from, um, and the impact that has on Morella as well is just <laughs> it's home. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. So yeah, we have a few physical disabilities. We also have a brand. Brant, yeah. Missing a hand. That's a and disability. This mutilation. The mutilation. And of his I would face. argue that certain allergies function as a disability in society. Oh like, yeah. I remember a kid in my neighborhood who had such a severe peanut allergy that even a trace of peanut butter smelling it, a trace of it, he would I'm pretty sure his throat would swell up and he could be dead in seconds. I mean, it was that mm. severe. Like, in his parents, whenever they, like, my parents went over to a party at his house and they had to, like, at the door, like, ask everyone, like, have you been in touch or contact with peanut butter recently? You know, like, they were, they had to be adamant about it. That essentially functions as a disability in our society when it's that serious. Well, yeah, something because that you have to watch yourself. Found. Yeah, and something that commonly found. So... Limbium is very commonly found in this society for basic healing stuff and basic function. It's in so many of their potions. It's (laughs) in so many of their potions. So I would argue that it kind of functions as a disability for Sophie. It's a good thing we trust Elwyn so implicitly because, like, again, going back to my allergies... I have to ask, like, like if I do not know what's in a drink in front of me, I have to, like, check a label. I have to ask everyone. I have to be like, are you sure? Like, so for Sophie to just, like, trust whatever Ellen gives her, like, <laughs> I would be asking. I would be double-checking every single time to the point of it being annoying where I'd be like, are you sure there's no limbium in this? Are you sure there's yeah. no limbium in this? <laughs> yeah. Whereas I, like, I have no... Harsh allergies. I just get general seasonal, you know, stuffiness and everything. And I am very, very lucky. So I can't relate on that end. I will also say that I have more experience and personal experience, both with myself and knowing other people in the anxiety disorder space and neurodivergent space. Whereas Frankie has more experience in both the neurodivergent space and also mood disorders with the people in her life. So those are the perspectives we're coming from with the information we have to offer. But as she said, like, we are not here. We are not medical professionals here to diagnose Marilla's mom. It's just strictly a, if we had to guess, scenario. It's our take. It's our take yes. on it. It's our perception of it. You could I even guess. call it a headcanon. Like, if we yeah. had to guess. You know what I yes. mean? Like, that's what we interpret it as. Mm-hmm. So... Until Shannon confirms, you know, if she chooses to confirm a specific condition or something like that. Although, I don't even know if the elf world has as many terms for this it's stuff. It's another and thing like, for the elf world that... Yes, yeah, conditions, because it's so... Which, you would think any world where guilt can kill you and your brains are so fragile, their minds are so fragile, that you right. would have more cases of this... Where are the and counselors? And they would have the terminology? Not like counselors, like Counselor Tarek, Counselor Ball. Where are the counselors that you go to talk to about your issues? Where are the therapists, is what I'm where saying. Where are the therapists? <laughs> like, you, this is another thing about the elf world, where I'm like, why is mental health not a 
addressed. Why is this not addressed? And why is it when someone's mind breaks, you just throw them in a prison? Like, Ugh. what? What? We're going to have an episode on this, so we don't need to get into this right now, but it is. It's like, where is your mental health, and how are you addressing this issue in your society? Because these children are all suffering from severe mental health issues, and it doesn't PTSD. seem like... <laughs> it doesn't seem like you're giving them any avenues to talk to anyone except for, like, their parents or their friends, which... Oh my god, oh my god, you should not just rely on your parents and your friends to talk to when you have this severe of, like, PTSD and mental health issues. Like, you shouldn't. And you see how they don't care about mental health as well in the whole Fenton situation. Before they even knew he was evil, they knew it was messing with him, that he couldn't use his ability, and they're just like, meh. He'll be fine, and no, no, he goes insane for a little bit. He goes insane for a little bit. Like, it just... Ah! And again, with Morella's mom, like, they try to keep it hush-hush. They don't want many people to know because they think she'd be looked down on. Like, that tells me all I need to know about where mental health oh, is yeah. in this society. Tells me all I need to know. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to, as Frankie said, do an episode on the prison system. So... Look forward to that. Yeah, look forward to that one. <laughs> More ranting coming your way. <laughs> Honestly, our whole list, I, I look through it, our whole list of episodes coming up, and like 60% of them, I'm just like, we're gonna be ranting. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Don't spoil the upcoming episodes, don't say them out loud which ones, but I, won't, I, I but... noticed that as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. So yeah, there is more of a lack of physical disability, I would say. There's only two small instances, both of which aren't there at the start of the series. Mm. So with that, I would like to get into this post that I found, which I don't believe is entirely accurate. I'm not sure when this was written in regards to the book's release. Oh, 2021. Okay, so let me think. Uh Legacy and I think Unlocked had just came out. Yeah, Unlocked had come out at this point, I'm pretty okay. sure. This is on a Keeper of the Lost Cities wiki discussion board. And it says, KOTLC ableism rant, as requested. Now this is where I disagree because there's also brand. There's one disabled elf in the Lost Cities, Counselor Tarek, who A, was not born disabled, and two, was given a prosthetic limb and had exactly zero problems afterwards. That part I agree with because phantom pains are a real thing and elves yeah. are humanoid he would be dealing with phantom pains phantom pains yes are we sorry are we gonna be um pausing after each one to talk about them individually or are we sure for the end sure okay. yeah no I just we can do it in sure. pieces because the phantom pain thing bothers me as someone yeah. who knows like I wish that was represented like it's it is it's like it is a real thing it's <laughs> it's been proven as a real thing when you lose a limb you Feel the loss of that limb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't say from experience with myself, I am, I have a mental disability, but I'm fully able-bodied. However, basic knowledge, like, I'm aware it's a thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the first thing that came to my mind when, you know, when they mentioned he didn't have anything wrong with him, that it went perfectly smoothly afterwards, and I was like, oh, right? yeah. Like, even if you give someone a prosthetic, and even if you're in this world where, okay, maybe you have healing potions that help you heal quicker, you still have to get used to life with a prosthetic, you still have to, you still have to deal with the ramifications of everything surrounding it, like, it's not just, like, one and done, give him a prosthetic, give him a healing potion, he's fine, 
Not to mention the psychological trauma of losing a limb. Like, it's <laughs> that's just not how this works. No, but I think, I don't know if it's part of the commentary that Shannon doesn't address it or doesn't feel she can address it. Mm-hmm. Um, similar with the queer issues in representation, yeah. where she's not part of that community. You know, so, I mean, in terms of, like, a physical disability that is visible. Um, yeah. I don't believe that she has one. I could be wrong. But I, to my knowledge, she doesn't. You know, it's... It's really hard when you get into that space of not being own voices and thus not wanting to represent something that you don't feel qualified to talk about. Yeah. So it may be a situation like that. And obviously I can't speak at all to any mental disability condition she may or may not have. I have no clue if she's neurotypical, neurodivergent, Shannon Messenger, I mean. Um, and it's once yeah. again none of our business. Right. So that's where it gets very tricky when you're dealing with non visible disabilities. Like, mm-hmm. same with queer representation, you know, the whole scenario of actors having to come out, you know, because, yeah. Oh, don't I even get me. Swore. St- yeah, we I mentioned this swore. before, but, <laughs> you know, Leave people um, alone. When it comes to things that aren't physically visible, representation gets very tricky is the point here so that may be the case with shannon that like she doesn't have to our knowledge of physical disability so you know yeah i mean in the if she does in the pictures i've seen she at least passes for able-bodied so yeah i i haven't heard anything about her being um disabled in any way so no neither have i i think it probably is part of those marginalized communities tend to put it in their books more and represent that because you do have a priority in wanting to, you know, give yourself the representation that you didn't have growing up. Yeah. It's like a huge conversation we're having right now in society. So, although <laughs> the main representation in my middle grade series is actually disability representation in agents, I will tell you, do not take it seriously. Yeah. All they're I- looking for is queer representation and racial representation, which are both amazing. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong, but disability representation and neurodivergent representation have very much been left behind in that conversation. Kesbrecker! Sorry, shouting out the love of my life who is disabled. <laughs> Percy Jackson, ADHD. Hello, Rick Ryden was doing it ages before ages we were having this conversation in 2005. Yeah, but that's because it fit into a narrative. That is it true, in- but still, it's there. Like, I will give uh-huh. him credit where credit's due. Yes. But anyways, yes, we're not here to go into all of that, but... What is next on the list, Katie? Next. There's one elf, and I would argue this as well, with a neurological disorder of, in all the lost ladies, Caprice Reddick, who, one, was not born with her disorder, and two, is constantly treated as a burden and an unfortunate soul who needs to be cured. Both of these characters are minor, and Caprice's case never even interacts with the main character. There's a, They get about a page of attention post-accident, and that's it. So... We have one case of a physical disability, one case of a neurological disability. I don't... I think there's more characters with neurodivergent coding and neurodivergent Mm -hmm. conditions than this person is giving Shannon credit for. Oh, yeah. However, I do... If you're not educated or, like, very aware about, you know, those conditions or in that space, I can see how it's so subtle. You could read the series and see those as the only two cases that stick out. Like, not everyone is going to pick up on Sophie's trick. Trigatillomania. Right. right. Um, Do we know what, what uh, Morella's mother's ability is? Because they're saying this isn't something she was bored with. So I'm kind of just, my head spinning a little bit, kind of being like, maybe she had a suppressed ability and this did this to her as well. No, because she fell from a balcony. 
Oh, okay, you're right. You're right. I forgot about that. It was on Special set. ability is unknown. Uh, no, okay, we can't get into theories right now. Can't get into theories right now. Cannot get into theories right now. But, um, okay, yeah. So then it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, well, no, no, it could still be, because that can be brought on by head trauma as well, is mood disorder can be brought on by head trauma. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we just know that she suffers from something, and that unfortunately, she's seen as, like it said in that, she's seen as kind of a a burden to be hidden away, which, don't you just love that word when it comes to mental health awareness? Don't you just love the word burden? Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> drives me up the wall, drives me up the wall. It's like, you're still a person with feelings and emotions and, and cognitive thinking skills. Even if you have a mental disability, you're still someone who can process information and be relied upon in situations. You're not just, you're not just like a, a, uh, you're not just a child. You're not. You're not a two-year-old. You you can be given your own agency. It drives me crazy when yes, people with disabilities, mental health disabilities, are talked about as if they can't be trusted to like do anything on their own. And that's especially true with like certain conditions that are stigmatized. I would say in particular. Mm-hmm. With like, the trust part. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um. I definitely agree with some parts of this post and disagree with others in terms of, like, how many disabled and neurodivergent characters there are and things like that, but I thought it was an interesting point and post to bring up for this conversation. Forkle, to me, is almost autism-coded. Like- Oh, goodness, yes. Like, completely- 100% ASD-coded. Yes, like- uh, I can't really even think of any defining traits right now to bring up for why. I've just always felt to my core that he is. <laughs> I've also considered Elwin. Oh, yeah. Manifesting in a very different way, but also features and uh, what's the term? Showcases. Yes. <laughs> so yes. Very common autistic traits and how it, but very different from Forkle because it's such a broad spectrum. Yeah, definitely. So, basically, they go into the numbers here. Look, I love this series, but I won't deny it has a pretty big lack of diversity, especially in an area where most writers never explore when it comes to diversity. Disability, neurodivergence, and clinical disorders. Okay. So, I don't know if this has changed, but they're saying that about 10% of the world's population live with a disability, not including depression, anxiety, OCD, ADHD, and other neurological disorders, which are disabilities. And I will say yes. that in the United States, which is the figure of measurement that we would be going by because Shannon is from the United States right, and everything, and the main character is from there and everything, like, if we're going to go with any country in terms of the measurement, it's going to be the U.S.? Yes. It's 27%, oh, no. including those conditions that that previous statistics discluded. And worldwide, an estimated, I just looked this up on the Disability World Health Organization website, an estimated 1.3 billion people experience significant disability. Now, I don't know which conditions are filed yeah. under significant. However, that alone is 16%. So that stat that they're using in regards to how much representation there should be, if anything, is low. I mean, if we're talking about chronic depression as well, which absolutely we should be, Edeline and Grady. Oh, if we're talking goodness, about yes. chronic and PTSD depression. And yes. Edeline in particular with that. Yes, 
and how she greets and everything. We still see it. We see it more with her. Um, when and we, we open still up see the first it. Book. Yes, that's the whole point of depression. It can. It's. It just can come back and hit you when you are when you're chronically depressed. We see that with Edeline, where she'll have moments where it just hits her, and that doesn't mean she isn't strong. It means that she she suffers from depression. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and I hate when people much- say Edeline isn't strong. It just irks the heck oh. out of me. Irks the heck out of me. Yeah, I've never heard that, and I'm glad I haven't because I would go off. Ah, uh. yes, and then to address more mental health discussion. Um, pretty much all of these kids have PTSD at this point. Let's be real. Name one who doesn't, and I'll give you a dollar. Like, <laughs> like a dollar. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm broke. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, same. We're both in college. What? what yeah. Can I say? <laughs> no, all of these kids have PTSD. All of them, and a lot of them are suffering from depression as well, and a lot of them are suffering from yes. anxiety as well. Because you know what? They all go hand in hand. Really. I would argue that Phipps has a maybe perhaps mild case of an anger management condition. Oh, I do too. I think he definitely he has some temperament. He needs a therapist to teach him how to work Regulate through- yes. anger. Yes, <laughs> regulate anger. Like, it, it's, and it's not a bad thing is the thing. It's, it's, he's young. <laughs> he has- Anger. No, it's not he bad. has he has temperament issues. Yes. That if he just had someone to talk to about this, would, it would be so much better for him. And he's also emotionally a little bit constipated in some areas. It's like again, <laughs> just get him a therapist. Like a, it, it would <laughs> fix so much. Yes. Thank you. Get Fitz a therapist. Twenty twenty three. Please. Get them all therapists, please, dear God. Like. Can we, how is this not a thing in this world? Like we've already said, your mind breaks if you have enough guilt. Like your minds are fragile, fragile things. Get some therapists. How has no one been like, oh, have you seen what the humans are doing lately? Oh, they have people that you can, you know, talk to about things. They're, they have degrees in it. Why, why are we not looking into this? Why, is, <sighs> why has Livy, who's lived with the, with the, amongst the humans as a doctor for a little bit, not been like, hmm, this might be something to bring up at some point? Like, again, thank you. Again, they're always like, you can rely on your friends, you can rely on your family. As someone who has suffered from severe, severe chronic depression and anxiety in the past, you do not want to tell your parents about it. No, you, don't you want need to tell. an outside professional outlet and source yes, to get advice even, from. Even if you do want to tell your parents about it, that doesn't mean they're going to give you the best, most healthy advice for you. They may try, but that doesn't mean they're going to succeed. Same thing with your friends. If you're 15 years old and you're surrounded by other 15-year-olds and you ask all those other 15-year-olds for advice, do you know what? It might not be the most strategic (laughs) sound advice for your mental health. So it's just like, give kids some therapists. Okay. For all of my Amphibia fans out there who have seen the ending of Amphibia, spoiler alert if you haven't, Sasha Waybright. All these kids need to go see Sasha Waybright. (laughs) There's a, I I got this idea, this popped into my head just now because there's a crossover comic where all the Owl House characters go and talk to Sasha about their trauma Uh. because she has the perspective of being a therapist who was inspired to become a therapist, a children's therapist. Mm-hmm. Because of the trauma she went through when she was a kid in yeah. Amphibia during the events of this 
main chunk of the series before the flash forward to the future um in the finale these kids too sorry i'm like clapping my hands and making it's all okay. sorts of noise so mike is picking it up so bad i can guarantee you but these kids too need to go see sasha waybright and get a proper therapy session or a whole year of therapy sessions not weekly just therapy one session. session they need yeah, a session I know. <laughs> every three days i would say bi-weekly sessions bi-weekly. at minimum yes. <laughs> They not not only for mental health stuff, for the physical trauma they've gone through. Like I'm not, Oh yeah. Like, like, I mean, again, not to give Fitz too much credit. I'm joking. I'm joking. He I am that was a joke. But no, but like Fitz alone, like like with the whole um shadow vapor, whatever the heck it's called. Yeah, like the shadow just, flux. Just shattering his bones, shattering oh. so close to his heart. Like, Elwin healed him, but that doesn't mean... We see him struggle with this. Like, we see him struggle with this. We see them struggle with these echoes. Are you kidding me right now? You know who could have helped them regulate those emotions? A therapist! (laughs) Thank you! Especially because intense emotions, particularly intense negative emotions... Uh Uh-huh, and he has temperament issues! He has temperament issues! And Sophie has anxiety. Sophie has anxiety and her, which, what, what do you think that'll do if you're trying to stay calm oh. and you have anxiety and there's a monster rearing its head at you and you have telepathic abilities? Nothing good. Nothing good. I just, as someone who works with kids oh, with same. different disabilities and I have to teach them coping skills and so on and so forth, like that is part of my job description. Reading these books, I'm just like, oh, there's so much. <laughs> there's so much. I could just. I'm currently doing the same. I'm back at my local school working with students. So, like, I'm right there with Frankie. It is so important to have a proper outside resource. I have a therapist, and I'm not ashamed of it. I'm very open about it. I finally got a therapist. It only took three years to get off of a wait list. (laughs) Finally. Yay! (laughs) Because Uh. sometimes you need a, what's the term, unbiased Yes, unbiased opinion. Yeah, um, but it essentially means the term I'm thinking of is the equivalent of unbiased. Impartial, there we go. Yes, impartial. Impartial third-party perspective who is a professional. Anyways. (laughs) Take a drink anytime either of us has anyways in this episode. Only (laughs) if you're over 21, to be perfectly clear. If you're talking alcohol. If you're talking alcohol. Only if you're over 21 in the United States. Yes, I say that as a joke. Do not, do not, (laughs) do not. Do not get yourself hammered as a minor if you're listening to our podcast, please. Please, (laughs) please, I don't want the repercussions from that to hit me full on in the face. Everyone grab a glass of water and hydrate right now. (laughs) (laughs) Two cups of water for every cup of alcohol. Keep it in proportion. (laughs) Hey, exactly. Okay, okay, okay. We got off topic. Of course we did. We did, but what else is new? Right. Uh, Yeah, no, there's just, there's just so much we could touch on with this because, like we said, everyone in these books is suffering from something, like, 
something is going on with everyone. So it's just, ah, uh, ah, uh, it just does. It comes down to the fact that this world needs to work on their mental health. It just, again, it goes back to Finton for me, where it's like, it, it's mm. just, it's so, it's all right there. Finton and Prentice both, because it's really the catalyst for it that we see is like Finton and Brant and how their minds just shattered. Yeah. Due to outlying sources out of their control because they were being forced to, forced to hide themselves and their minds shatter and no one's taking this seriously. And then with Prentice, again, just like, we're going to get into the prison system. We are. We're going to get into mind breaks and all of that. But it, it's so cruel that they're just like, they shatter your mind and then just leave you like that. And then you're just like, and I know they didn't have someone before Sophie to help with restore shattered minds, but it's the thought of you're being like, I am going to shatter this person's mind. And then lock them away in a small, dark, cramped room. I would Ugh. rather die. I would rather die. Yeah. Don't care. Thro throw me off a cliff. Yeah. Like, that's torment. That's hell. That's, 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 I can't, uh, pur purgatory. That's the word I was looking for. That's the purgatory. The system is designed to cause you to need a therapist, and then they don't provide a therapist or mental health awareness. Yeah. It is self-destructive. To its people. Right. And again, we don't... <laughs> I don't think Shannon meant for it to be shown this way. I think it is, like, the queer thing where it's, like, she didn't want to touch on it, which I respect, but because she didn't touch on it, now the insinuation is there. The implication that, is there that... Yes, yeah. <laughs> that, that they just don't care about it. That they're just homophobic on one hand, and then that they just Ableist don't. on the other hand. Yes, ableist on the other. And again, I don't think that's... I do not blame Shannon for her choices to not touch these topics. I right. just... I just... Because of how they are presented in the books, in the subtext coded around each of this, you just come to your own conclusions that just feel really correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, sometimes the writing between the lines, what goes unsaid, speaks volumes. And yeah. it's one of those cases. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm not sure what else we have to say. We've been recording for 40 minutes. Yeah, um, the end of this post basically just says that, you know, they don't like that the supposedly perfect world seems to be entirely neurotypical and push. But here's the thing. It's supposedly not. perfect. It's not perfect. That is the point. No! That's the point. They try to make it appear perfect by pushing anything different and troublesome, not troublesome, um, that they view as troublesome is what yes. I'm trying to say, underneath the radar. They push it under the rug, brush it under. And that's why there's so much mental health stuff, because you're trying to make everyone perfect. You want to know what happens when you try to make everyone perfect and act perfect and be the perfect person? Fitzbacker! You get Fitzbacker, who, who is a repressed... <laughs> repressed little gay boy <laughs> that's why I'm the argument right now I just had to say it I had to make the joke I know I, I know do it. it's interconnected no, it is connected I don't care that's my I cannot it's get totally heated over valid this to bring it up I'm with I you cannot, I cannot get heated over this but no that is what happens is you get people like Fitz who just have so much pressure on them to be perfect and to do the right thing, sorry. yes, for their legacy. Just do the right thing for your legacy and everything will be fine. It's like, no, no, free the children. Free the children. <laughs> it's the way that we started this podcast, almost constantly ranting against 
fits in some aspects and now I'm kind of just on board the like give me his character train because it's come to the point where I want to like protect his character because I see all the nuances yes. of it and I'm just like I've I've like flipped at this point where I'm just like mm. just just I want him to have everything he deserves like yeah Stellarloon and how he was neglected in that book changed things yes it it well, how he's been neglected throughout the series, honestly, really, really has. It just For me, Stellarloon was the final nail in the coffin to finally wake up to what was going on, though, and why I didn't like him. I don't not like him as a person. I don't like how he's written. I don't like the disregard for his character and where I think it could go, and that's why I'm now, like, a Fitz defense-like attorney. Yeah, that's why. here's the thing, and I already see this with my three-year-old nephew, you know, a young boy, um, mm-hmm. trying to, obviously Fitz is much older than him, totally right. different developmental stage. However, young boys, or males, I should say, in particular, mm-hmm. can have a hard time with dealing with certain things, like Fitz does. Because, because in our society, there are things that are thrust upon young boys and men that are like, I'm not one to dive too far into the toxic masculinity hole. No. But there is a precedent for men having to repress emotions and repress mm-hmm. things they feel. You're not allowed to be sensitive. You're not allowed to, you know, you're not allowed to do this, do that. You have to be strong. You have to be like blah, 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 blah. And I mean, there is precedent for that. And so there are things that a hundred percent many men can re- not men, many boys at least could relate to Fitz in this way because it's like, of course he doesn't know how to regulate his emotions. <laughs> his He's been left Alden. behind by the system. Ah, his father's Alden too, which usually I know Alden's fine. Like, fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's a good parental figure. Whatever. I don't care. (laughs) It is going to be such whiplash when I finally... Okay, so I'm in the middle of a reread. I ordered the hardcovers of the books, so Mm -hmm. my paperbacks don't fall apart and I'm not dealing with the sticky notes. And I've reread book one because I have the annotated illustrated edition that I can read that in. So when... My one through five hardcover box set comes in, hopefully in a few days. I am jumping into book two, and it is going to be such whiplash to see Alden back then and like caring about him. I'm reading it. (laughs) We're on chapter, I think, five of book four right now. Me, my mom, my sis. And every time Alden pops up, I'm just like, you're suspicious. I don't even, like, not even, a, not even a way where I think he's going to join the Never scene. But now it's just, like, everything he says, I'm like, ah, shove off, Alden. And my mom loves him because, of course, she does. We're only on book four. So she's always like, oh, Alden. But oh, my mom also picked up on him in book two. She was like, why is he taking her to a prison and blah, blah, blah. She's like, are there no, like, codes here? Like, she's, even mom got on his case. I can't, ugh. But it's just like, ugh. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gosh, we should like get them on the podcast once you're done book four and do like a halfway through the series checkpoint of like oh they still there are things they haven't picked up on I can say it oh my god I don't have to whisper oh great I Love know okay. I know are they Listen, like, are they right there can can you say it <laughs> they don't know yet about Alvar they don't know Forkel's other identities Yay! they don't. 
they <laughs> haven't picked up on the Orly thing, and I thought they would, and they haven't. And I'm losing my, my really. Yeah, they honestly Casey picked like up on other things. The coffin, the dead giveaway to me. Her reaction to the circlet. Oh, I know, I know. But the thing is, Casey picked up on other things. Like Casey picked up on the Gisla thing before it happened. She picked up on <laughs> she picked up on the Brant thing, which of course everyone did. But still, she's like picked up on things throughout these books, and she hasn't picked up on like the Forkle slash magnate. Yes, two of the big things. I'm just like I'm just like waiting for it. And if you remember, I I know this isn't what this is about, but I have to. I'm proud of this still to this day. I. The second I, the very first second I ever saw Elvar in these books, like the very, very first line he ever had in these books, I texted Katie and I said, he's the rat and he's working for the Never Seen. And Katie was like, oh my God, how did you do that? It was <laughs> uh, still like my proudest moment in these books. I, I, I knew didn't it. like him the second he joked about like juggling multiple girlfriends and not in like a, this is a consensual polyamorous way, but yeah. like in a, he's You didn't like way. him. I yeah. knew. I he didn't even do that. He literally the line is like he says something like blah 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 and enters and it says, Oh, that's my brother Alvar and I immediately was like, You You <laughs> You little wretch I knew it immediately. You did this with one of my characters' grandfather was <laughs> I did <laughs> I can smell a rat. <laughs> I did. I I did it. I typed it into the Google Doc you shared, and I said, "Katie, he's evil." And you were like, "Stop it!" <laughs> he's meant uh, to be a bit of an anti-hero figure, so he's not. She wasn't totally off, but he's the main character's grandfather, and yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. But anyway, I just need to shut that out before we end this episode because I'm still proud of that little moment. <laughs> I love that they like they're picking up on the right things and not picking up on the right things. Like, I know. I'm, it's a good balance of, like, doing some good detective work and having that satisfaction of, yes, I pieced it together, and also having some twists and surprises that you didn't put together to yeah. be thrown your way. So I think they have a really good mix going on. I'm excited. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to them about maybe when they're when we're done book five, maybe they yeah, can come halfway. on and... Yeah, Yeah. We'll interview them about what they think will happen. <laughs> I'm also uh. hoping to bring my friend Sandy on and perhaps my sister um, mm. to Taylor? do more. Yeah, Taylor. The middle sister of us three girls. Mm -hmm. I have two older sisters. The other one is the oldest, is heavily pregnant and about to have a new baby. So not going to ask her to come on. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, which should be any day now I'm going to be an aunt again. You don't know. If oh she my god! Go That's early. so exciting. I know. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, I could have names. Abby do the guessing too, because that's where this whole thing started. Abby always guesses book characters. I could have her guess as well. Oh yes, how we could have her guess. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be really fun. Does she give oh. them names? The people I brought up, oh. my friends, haven't given them names. She gives. Them oh, she. Names. She gives them names. She gives them personality. She says who's dating who. She does the whole thing. <laughs> Uh, oh my gosh, that would be really fun, actually. So uh, look forward I'll, to that. Yeah, I'll talk to her about it. But as of for today, I think that I obviously that's all we have to do because we spent the last ten minutes talking about absolutely nothing. So yes, <laughs> enjoy that little all. bit at the end of miscellaneous keeperish discussion. Yes, what you've come here for, honestly. <laughs> honestly, what are you expecting? It's us. Yes. <laughs>
All right, well, that is all we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. And without further ado, what do you want to finish this with? Happy, happy Mental Health Month. I know we're a month late. Oh, yes, we're in Disability Awareness Month. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Disability Pride Month, I believe it's called, actually. Not yeah, Women's it is. Pride Month. Yes, yes Happy disability. disability Pride Month. Happy One Disability month Pride Month. Queer Pride Month. I love that those are joining together. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Screw the council. Do you want to end it with that again? Sure. Screw the council. Screw the council. Bye, guys. Bye.